Объединяет строительный транс Истерический смех От полученных ран Храбрый молчит, трусливый Помалкивает, тянутся руки Пистолет, палки нам спицы колес Нас ждет мрачный прогноз Hello, and welcome to Real Proletariat Hours, live from the front lines of the class war. Joining for this broadcast is Director Chairman of the People's State Committee for Podcasting, Mr. Lewis. Hello, this is I. Say hello, Mr. Lewis. Hello, this is I. Uh, oh, hello. hello. You, can you and, hear me? Yes, I can hear oh. you. Can we do this? <laughs> right, should we go now? Okay. Uh, and I the executive director chairman for the artist union, Pyotr. We have a uh, new podcast uh, for our fellows here. Uh, we are starting this episode off, unfortunately, with a recording, a previous recording from uh, a night ago, where uh, you know we frantically decided, oh, well, this is a great recording, so we might as well make it the first episode. Um, Mr. Lewis, could you go ahead and uh, set up the stage for what exactly happened that night? Uh, yes, the night of the 2nd of January, 2020, uh, we got news that there would be, you know, there's increasing uh, imperial warfare in the Middle East. And we, you know, we, we were, I was hot and I wanted to talk about it then immediately. And we did some, you know, we did some good analysis, I think, or, you know, we, we had a good show. And, uh, yes, yes, I got you? a, I got a very nice call in the middle of the night, uh, so, where hey, you told hey, me hey, to wake, talk, the, talk wake about, the hell up. Yeah. yeah, I said, hey, let's talk about foreign policy. <laughs> uh, and also, you know, I'll, as a little game break, uh, update from from that same podcast, a little flavor. The, uh, the U.S. media is now showing some footage of what they call Iraqis celebrating the U.S. strike, um, for in Baghdad. You know, that is, in fact, not what's happening in that footage. That footage is Kurds celebrating the Iraqi strike, a small U.S.-aligned ethnic group, not uh, not all of Iraq, you know. They're being presented as Iraqis this time, it's, you know. So trying to, they're trying to push this as a, this will be a, this will be a good intervention. We're, we're, we're well-beloved. Uh, now, don't forget that not three months ago, the Kurds were hating us, according to the mainstream media, because we threatened to stop fighting. So, you know, these, this is a group is not, uh, they don't have, uh, you know, they're, uh, what is it, communist in name only right there. They're very self-serving little imperialists here. Uh, okay, so, um, you know, I will uh, go ahead and start the uh, recording that we had that night as I woke up from my slumber with a very loud phone call. Okay, there we go. And intro wasn't great. Dude, it's like 4 a.m. in the morning. What do you want? Well, no, I, you know, it's this is big. Uh, I know we were said we we're gonna start a show, kind of establish like 
a lens. Can I wear revolutionary socialists? But unfortunately, a bunch of, like big stuff just wait. happened that I think needs to be analyzed. And wait, what? Wait, what? What happened? What? Uh, a bunch of stuff in the Middle East just happened. Uh, the U.S. just oh, killed God. Uh, the Iranian Quds general in Iraq. Oh uh, God, that's like killing like Colin Powell or some shit uh, to them. This this guy's he's also like the foremost ISIS fighter in the whole world. Uh, we look real shitty, but also uh, how did we? we how, wait, what? How did we ended up killing him? What's what's going on? Uh, so oh, you uh, remember the thing uh, with the embassy did... shit? Oh, okay. Uh, well, r real quick. Uh, hello, everyone. This is a uh, real proletariat hours. Uh, I'm your host, co-host, uh, Department of Social Union. I can't fucking remember what what we did. Uh, the uh, Puriter. Yeah. How you doing? This I... is my this is my host, co-host, uh, Lewis. Say hi. Yes, I I'm Lewis from the uh, State Committee to ensure you know podcasting solidarity. And we right. have uh, some good podcast news, or bad podcast news for you. Um, you know, breaking the uh, the Empire Strikes Back, if you will. Uh, there was a little exchange in Iraq. The uh, one a, the Iraqi Hezbollah faction, which is mostly Shia, killed a U.S. contractor. So the U.S. killed 25 of, of this Hezbollah faction. Uh, and then the embassy was stormed. The uh, Hezbollah faction agreed to unstorm the embassy and fall back. And uh, after, you know, the they uh, this faction had pulled back from the embassy and things seemed at peace, the U.S. decided to uh, kill uh, the head general of the Quds, which is the, uh, you know, uh, Iranian special forces. This is a uh, big deal. This is going, this might, this might be starting a war. This might be saber-rattling. But it certainly seems that, uh, Kasim Soleimani, the foremost ISIS fighter on Earth, has been murdered by the Imperial American government uh, for the crime of agitating against them in uh, Iraq. He was notably allowed to be there under the uh, agreements that were forged during the war against ISIS. The Iranians were allowed to aid local Shia militias, Shia, Shia militias which were the most effective force against ISIS in Iraq after the Iraqi army uh, notoriously fell apart and gave all their equipment to ISIS. So this guy is kind of one of those unequivocal good guys, you could argue, uh, in terms of he's you know very popular with everybody in the Middle East. He, um, he was seen near the protests in the embassy, and the U.S. is claiming he planned further attacks on U.S. diplomats. No way to verify that, of course. Uh, so that's going to start, you know, some more tensions. The Jeez, was, wasn't there some stuff happening, too, where the uh, the U.S. was, like, uh, evacuating uh, one of their embassies? Yes, yes. He was involved in the embassy. The, uh, this Hezbollah faction that he was involved with or was talking to and was seen near uh, stormed the embassy and then, uh, or tried to storm, storm the embassy, smashed some windows, uh, and then made an agreement, and they agreed to kind of back off uh, a couple days ago, and they backed off. And in exchange for backing off against the Great Satan, uh, the Great Satan has killed uh, both Iraqi Hezbollah's leader and uh, this this notable leader, uh, Mr. Qasem Soleimani, uh, who is you know a very popular figure, as well as you know more uh, in Baghdad as well. So this we took we had we 
launched an airstrike inside the city of Baghdad uh, against a nominally allied force against ISIS. Jeez. And it gets better. So I oh, want to get your visceral cool. react. I want to get a good react here. Um, the U.S. Marines have just arrested... Are we, are we going to war? Are we Are we starting a racket? Uh, we are starting a racket. The uh, best part of this is the U.S. Marines just arrested an Iraqi member of parliament who is leader of the political party Asab al-Aqai. Uh, so he they just uh, arrested a member of some party that I'm not aware of. I'm sure they, they seem like an Ira- Iranian-aligned, possibly. Uh, it's 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 still rumors. Wait, where, where did they arrest him at? This was like in Iran? Uh, in Iraq. So it's, it's still rumors at this point, but uh, it's very interesting. We'll see what's going on uh, there. Uh, funnily enough, uh, this is a great way to start off 2020, man. I tell you what. I know, but as a, uh, you know, we have our we're revolutionaries, right? That's our viewpoint. You know, we believe in revolution even in our lifetime, and I think in terms of creating revolutionary conditions, this is excellent, right? I mean, this is the U.S. government acting. You know, everyone specifically requested the opposite of this. Uh, even Donald Trump, the it was essentially elected because he would bring the boys home and all this stuff. Uh, every, you know, yeah, Democrat. Yeah, like know, the right. Uh, yeah. No, yeah, I was saying from like the the right angle, that's like why why they elected him in. Or yes, that's uh, one of the pro- reasons above many. But like I remember a yeah. lot of very staunchly anti-war t- uh, type people. They were very tired of any sort of Middle East or uh, Eastern conflict. Yeah. And they viewed Hillary Clinton as a Hillary Clinton correct, correctly, might I add, as a continuation of you know more messing around in the Middle East. And this is this is uh, you know Tucker Carlson, you know the foremost uh, socialist on TV, as I like to call him. Uh, you know the <laughs> yeah is losing is losing uh, not losing his mind, but he is uh, making some interesting points. Uh, he is you know you know our, he's. You know, they're anti-neocon. Um, and also, you know, President Trump uh, has been impeached. And in, as he tweeted out famously in 2011, in order to get elected, Barack Obama will start a war with Iran. And in order to get reelected, you might see Donald Trump start a war with Iran. I'm really starting to think here. I mean, is it is it possible? Are we actually like gonna end up in like uh i mean didn't this already happen before in the 90s i'm like really not too familiar with very recent uh u.s history uh you know past the time that with i ran that i like immigrated or... here yeah or was it with iraq i i we don't had, know. we have we, we had the first gulf war with kuwait and then the uh of course an artifact like you wouldn't know that but there was a war in the 90s with iraq yes um, i wouldn't yes I, I only a, knew uh, what was made in, like, you know, film-wise in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. And even then, that's actually not that, that, that much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, actually, the movie you actually probably know more than me. <laughs> All right. But anyway, the uh, yes, uh, we've never had issues with Iran. Well, we had issues with Iran after Iraq fell. We've always been a... The neocon faction has always wanted to... Well, the neocon, by which I mean, like, the Zionist faction... Has it always meant to, uh, you know, invade Iran? That's been a strong point. Uh, of course, the origins, the as a, you know, as a socialist, you might find the uh, inter- the uh, origins of the neocon faction uh, very interesting. Uh, a bunch of uh, former Trotskyite uh, 
Jewish folks who, uh, after Trotsky was burned in the Soviet Union, uh, decided that, you know, they they fled or they were Trotskyites in the United States. And then in about the mid-50s, they changed their tune from, you know, uh, revolutionary international communism, uh, you know, to kind of rampant U.S. enforced Zionism. Um, really? And... Yes, uh, you've heard no, of. No, uh, actually, I, famous... I've never even. I, I think I've heard you talk about this before, but like now that I'm, kind of a little brew. It's all actually brewing in my mind a little more. That's kind of crazy that you would flip flop. Yeah. Like it's not that. a story the Jedi would tell you. Yeah. Yeah, it's not a story the Jedi would tell you. Uh, but yes, uh, a lot of the foremost neocons, uh, or the the, the, the early ones, they're mostly dead these days. Uh. But like Irving Crystal, who's Bill Bill Crystal, is the current like arch neocon in DC. His father, Irving Crystal, was one of these uh, Trotskyite, you know, cum U.S. capitalist Zionists, um, you know. So yeah, uh, they are you know he's, they're doing they're doing the bit for uh, I'm sure that you know there's no real reason you know, geopolitically for the U.S. to hate Iran, you would think, actually, from a kind of very dispassionate analysis, the U.S. would uh, back Iran against, as Iran as Iran is very much against kind of the terrorist factions down there. Uh, it's a, it, uh, Iran as an ally for the U.S. would be an excellent bulwark against Russia in the region. Uh, you know, a kind of dispassionate uh, kind of a American policy or America first policy would be to be, be Iranian ally. Unfortunately for uh, us and them, uh, Israel would does not want otherwise, and there's a whole lot of uh, Israelis uh, in D.C. that, you know, see Iran as a threat, and as a result, there are going to be an endless series of provocations by us against them. Endless sanctions. And I think, I don't think this will start a war with uh, Iran, but I think this is going to start a war with Iran in three, four, or five years, when they can, when the people in DC can point to a, you know, five years of incidents after incident after incident, you can say, oh, you can make these the bad guys in America, in man in America's head, and uh, that's going to be bad. Yeah, it seems that way. I mean, you know, I'm, I've, I've had, I've been, I've seen a lot of the, you know, oh God, we're about to go to war sort of vibes in the last uh, five years, I'd say. And it always really amounted to nothing. Um, so, you know, what's the difference with this one here? But uh, who really who really knows? Because, I mean, like, yeah, this I is think... this is a heck of a way to start off 2020. And um, yeah. I don't know, at, at the same time, too, like, would Trump try to really do this to get reelected? Uh, well, I don't know if he's going to start a full-scale war, but I can very, you can very easily kind of dispassionately analyze, like, Trump's character and his mindset, and uh, Trump kind of, you could, you can easily see some general in the room with Trump saying, hey, Mr. President, the Iranians made us look weak when they stormed the embassy, and at the U.S. Embassy, we're going to get them back for this, we're going to kill this guy, you know, and, oh, that fucking, I think, that I think, doofus will fucking believe, I could see that doofus believing it, yeah, yeah, you can, fla- I think he's, he's very flatterable, you know, uh, he's kind of a, a bureaucrat would rather have somebody who's more pliant. I think. I think the the kind of neocon. Like should, should we insert? Con- should we insert small hand joke or or what? 
kind of played out, but I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I think I think they would probably prefer a Hillary Clinton type or a Mitt Romney type who's more just going to say yes. But a bureaucrat can handle a kind of a bureaucratic general can handle a hot-headed president. You just present it, Mr. President. You have two options: you can look like a bitch, or you can kill this guy. You know, and look like a Chad. And uh, you know, he's invested a lot of his personal, you know, brand as being a Chad, not a bitch. Yeah, it seems that way. I mean, like, I I don't know. I I would only hope that somebody can't be played like a fiddle like that so easily. But uh, I don't know. It's it does it doesn't really seem that way in the past three years. Uh, yes. Also, this is funny. Uh, so this is also uh, undermines U.S. like strategy everywhere because we were and there was a uh, recent talk of a escalation with North Korea, and I think this generally shows that. Hey, if you if you could deal with the U.S., they'll just stab you in the back. You have to be kind of yeah. Wasn't was wasn't North Korea talk? I saw some headline about North Korea. I think yesterday, it was saying uh, U.S. aggression will basically uh, op- make it obsolete for North Korea to ever do a like de- denuclearization. Uh, yes. Uh, they I think they announced they were never going to de-escalate. Uh, as long as as long as the U.S. was in, was in, in the peninsula. Um. Something along those lines. Uh, and as you know, this is what the people voted for. People voted for more wars in North Korea. People voted for, you know, invasion of Iran. People voted for more troops in Syria. Uh, wait a minute. No, I, they didn't. Oh, wait. No, they didn't. They voted against that. They, There was a referendum on that bit. And, hmm. <laughs> but, you oh, know, okay. this is I, enough, this I thought, is not a I thought, you were I thought you were actually messing with me for a second. Yeah, no. Well, you know, also this is, you know, have some faith in our, you know, in the revolutionary class, right? But, uh, you know, this is not a foreign policy podcast. We don't do foreign policy here, you know, as a, you know, not that we won't touch it, but it's not the focus. Our focus is to have a revolutionary critique of uh, the current system. And I think this this only strengthens us, right? Our biases are being confirmed. I'm getting a lot of good dopamine rushes. All my, all my, uh, my worldview has been confirmed. All my biases are confirmed. I think this is just further delegitimizes the U.S. Uh, government and the kind of system of corporations that keeps it in place. True. And true. I, well, you know, I, I have a, I actually read it. Um, actually, was in a group chat of ours, and I read a little take from a friend uh, that we know, and he's talking about essentially something you know something that's interesting that's more relatable to domestic affairs uh, would be essentially the the issue is that like any anti-war sort of sentiment being really stomped down in these sorts of cases if anything does start brewing uh, even larger. As, as, uh, as you I know, mean, the U.S. government would obviously do if any other time. Yeah, I uh, I don't see... There's unfortunately, uh, outside of, like, a couple of, like, old hippies and, uh, you know, like, some alt-right types, the kind of like militant anti-war faction uh doesn't seem to be around you you don't seem that you're not gonna i don't also you know we're also at a kind of a low buzz of war i just i i don't think we're gonna see a big anti-war movement at the current way now our job uh i think is to kind of motivate that encourage this and uh you know i think if, if there's a place i mean for, it you know, honestly peak, it's it's honestly should be a pretty bipartisan like like sort of issue like we don't want war 
Like this is, yeah, well, you I, know, I, we I, don't want we don't yeah. want some foreign war. One thing also, our you know, our critique isn't like a policy based. It is policy based, but it's not like a pol- It's not like a bipartisan. I don't think it's like a, you know, we're not Democrats, right? Obviously, you know, I think our critique is just this. This needs to, you know, this is the state. The state's illegitimate. Uh, it's there's no consent of the governed here. Uh, not in any kind of not in any kind of way. Um, oh, this is good. The president's Twitter feed has a just a picture of the American flag. Nothing else. No text. A low res JPEG picture of the American flag. Oh, so, I gotta see this. <laughs> no, no way. Is that really it? I am not shitting you. Nine thirty two p.m. Dude, this, January second, twenty twenty. like Trump just enjoy this, like fucking with people. I mean, he obviously does, and that's like the most redeeming part of his personality. But like, <laughs> this one hour ago. <laughs> It's a JPEG, it's a shitty been... JPEG picture of the flag. Dude, yeah, I you can't even really pinpoint like the stars aren't even very they're... Yeah. They're like <laughs> low resolution. Really... You can see where like the the blue portion has been pasted over the red lines. Like the Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. This is really like why does he have that on his phone? What dude, uh... he just googled this. This is probably the first no, yeah. he probably had his son boom like uh, Google this and send him a picture of it. Yeah, be like, Dad, why do you need the the, you know, a picture of the uh, U.S. flag? Posts yeah. on Twitter. Now, uh, of course, you have yeah. like boomer uh, fucking comments. Oh, we love you, Mister President. Oh, it's brutal. Uh, although, <laughs> like, there is like the uh, the. Oh, it's so hard to like shit lib snark from like legitimate issues, but. The best is him and people just posting his old tweets in the comments. Uh, Donald Trump from 2013. Now that Obama's poll numbers are in a tailspin, watch for him to launch a strike in Libya or Iran. He's desperate. And then from September 2013. Oh, 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 okay. So uh, this person named Leslie Abravanel uh, posted the Russian flag. Ooh, that's a hot take. You know, as we know, you know. It's really in Russia's interests that he's starting a war with a Russian ally, you know? Yeah, yeah, right. Uh, so, you know, obviously, this is good. I mean, dude, that stuff was such a, that's such, it was such a cope. Anytime I ever heard that stuff back in, like, 2016, it, like, it made me almost like Trump to an extent, just because of the fact that, like, okay, this is a guy that's, like, actually kind of pro-Russia, or not even pro-Russia, but just, like, like, somewhat you know innocently okay with it like yeah, like he's oh, not actively antagonistic. Da, da, da. Yeah. yeah actively they're not act he's not actively antagonistic but it's like that was such a that was such a that was almost just such bullshit because nothing happened over three years oh they shook hands it's like oh who cares they're like russia still like has a bunch of problems yeah. and there's uh, like been no is, further uh... in the friendship uh between america yeah. or um or russia it's like it's it's it's, it's such it's such bullshit uh, but it's, I mean, that's, like, another reason why I could never be friends with, like, people that are, like, incredibly democratic or, or a part of, like, yeah, the, the, the democratic. Yeah, kind of thing, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like, liberals, right? It's, like, the Because, amount, dude, it's, like, dude, you just, you don't like Russian people. Like, what's wrong with you? Yeah, they're, they're all, they're, they're all uniformly uh, saints. They're all, you know, great, friendly, you know, virtuous Wait, who, people. Russians? Russians. Yeah, Russians, right? <laughs> No, I've I, never known I would, I would never. I would never agree with that ever. That's I only like, know three that Russians. That would be such a lie. 
I know three Russians. They're all good. Okay. Well, true. True. We are pretty cool. <laughs> We're pretty cool. Not gonna lie. I know very few. Yeah. But I mean, like, I, I don't know. I always, I always hate it though when like there's uh there's that bit where oh well you know really Russian like you know you've been here for like since you're like four years old guy. It's like li- listen, you know. I I have like a di- very distinct sort of love for my um you know for my motherland of sort. Oh, and we're, getting, a, we're getting the coldest uh, we're getting the coldest take from a Benjamin Norton. Uh, Trump is boasting he said he started a war in Iran. When fascism comes to America, it will be a pixelated flag tweet JPEG celebrating a new global war. Yes, what? Uh, this is fascism. <laughs> yes. Uh, what does this have to do with this? No one knows what fascism Can you, is. Like, what uh, is... It's, fascism is when you do a military. So when you literally... T- the force the force of global uh, neoliberalism and the... Uh, when global Dude. liberalism attacks you, that's the fascisms. Dude, I just, like... Do, like, liberals, like, seriously believe that, like, military might of any sort is just... Just, like, equals bad. It's not good. Yes. As we know, notable fascists, uh, FDR, huge fascist. <laughs> So much military, you know? Oof. Oh my god. The, the, actually, you know what? No, there's no way. Holy... I, I hate... I hate conservatives. What's, go, what's going on? I hate on boomer with... conservatives. What's, People what's are posting the guy? comments to this tweet. Apparently, uh, Q posted a flag... Oh, a no. similar flag JPEG of okay. higher quality. But they're, they're saying, he did a flag JPEG too. And, you know, I don't like to shit on, like... We should just you know, like we should just of... post a we should just post a flag of like the American flag, but even more pixelated. Yes, that that's our symbol. We'll print out <laughs> armbands with super pixel like deep fried American flag. Deep fried, yeah, it'll be deep fried. Just letter the letter B in the left corner instead of stars. <laughs> with, with the with the um, joy emoji, and and yeah. the, and the uh, okay finger sign. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my. But uh, I don't want I don't, I don't like to shit on like the the. Like the whites, but boomer like Q-tards are, and they're all white. That's oh, like the worst. They're all white, and they're all old yeah. too. I was well, gonna they, say they're they all say, just, oh, like, like very mentally deranged. Yeah, it's like oh, you don't want to say they have. I don't like to write off. Oh, there's no revolutionary potential in this class of people. I mean, outside like you know criminals and like you know, I guess the most like dishonest know, people. Irredeemable. Those people are irredeemably you know evil or criminal or indolent who aren't revolutionary but like these are you know gainfully employed like even like working class older people who like just this q stuff is like i i don't know how to explain it it's just like crack to these people it's it's just like it's literally like hey don't do anything politically there's like there's people it's like the worst kind of te- technocracy like there's people in the government who are smart and do what you want to do who so just shut the fuck up it's kind of bizarre. Not that I have a yeah. problem with them, like, not having, like, I don't want these people to have influence over my society, right? They're not, like, a good, like, but, like, just the obvious, like, oh, well, yeah, you're well, not I wish have I wish there was, like, a, a Q that, like, it was, like, a dub, instead of it was a W, it was, like, do work. Like, do something. Yeah, like, do a thing. God, oh, holy, like, like this do wi- politics. Yeah, do politics. Yeah. Do a power, you know, do the power process, you know? Uh, I kind of have to, I kind of have to wonder if there's, like, um... Would there be an aspect to like a kind of cue similar, I guess, from like the the, the how boomer conservatives have them, and then oh, uh, it's Russia, right? That's the Russia stuff. That's the impeachment, oh, right? Yeah, no, yeah, that you would know, be that's like oh, Russia, 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 Russia. He's a Russian spy, and we're gonna bring him down with you know, 
What is his name? Yeah, what's, because... the, what's the guy's name? Like Nancy, yeah, Nancy Pelosi and the fat guy in the Senate are gonna bring him down and save him, save the public. <laughs> oh God! When they when they had that one, uh, uh, what do you call it? Tele, tele teleprompter, whatever, where they were like talking. What were they talking about exactly? But they just had that that oddly weird, awkward, uh, silent stare, like straight at the TV for like at least five seconds. And it like zoomed out. When when was that again? It was Nancy Pelosi I, and that one crow looking guy. He looks like yeah, a, I don't he looks, his face I, looks like I a crow. I couldn't remember his name. Is it Jeffrey Nadler? He's like very fat in the middle. No, no. Um, he's a very old, wrinkly looking guy. Like the guy with the like sharp looking Schumer? face. Schumer. Schumer. Charles Schumer. Yeah, I think it was Schumer. Uh, Schumer, yeah, the yeah. guardian of Israel, as he said in his APAC speech. Yeah, he looks. There are neocons like on both sides, right? Yeah, he Yo, really I does look a... like a gargoyle. Yeah, self-proclaimed guardian of Israel in his uh, APAC speech. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, he is a. Yeah, so you know, you know, I, I don't think he's going to be coming out real strong against this action by the president. Actually, what he might they might do is like the kind of the the neocons. They they do this bit where they're like, well, say they did they did it in Iraq too. They're like, you know, I I'm I, I'm not against you know this massive war. We just should have gone in like a little bit slower. We should like asked the UN to come in with us. Like we should have done a qualifier. So the the dialectic is always that's like, like that's going like... in right now, and like some going in a little bit later, but still going in. Like there's no anti-war position in the mainstream dialectic, which is kind of good for us as revolutionaries, right? You want to have that critique that's outside of the of the current dialectic. Yeah, no, especially, but like that's that's just just sounds almost dumber. It's like if you're gonna do any sort of military strike, you'd want to just do it. Just go ahead and do it. I mean, like you know, I I like regulations on stuff. If they, you know, not having some nutcase on there and being able to do whatever you want, but it's like I, I don't know. I I kind of like the idea of like having um, severe consequences for like voting in people that <laughs> that were obviously not good. Because it kind of gets people to worry about, like, yeah. hey, no, maybe we, we shouldn't. Yeah. Maybe we should worry more about like who we get in. Yeah. Which is, you know, that is kind of like as a kind of revolutionary, you do kind of ride that line of like things are shitty, and this sucks, right? And things should, should be better, right? Like, I do want things to improve. Like, I want Medicare for all. I want these like things for my people. But I also like don't really mind when things like this happen. Like, it's kind of accelerationist, right? But like. We, the, the system is fundamentally broken, right? As as much as I would like to have it, like, you know, as uh, not painful for my people as possible, I don't like. Uh, I'm not like it's too bummed like if, out. If things are if things are too good, people will just stop caring and they'll go back to like their regular yeah. lives. Which I think like, is also kind of where we're at. Because even uh, even as... though even though they're not actually going towards anything like relatively you know nice or decent, like there's just enough luxuries. And uh, uh, you know, well, consumerist products yeah. basically to keep them like uh, keep them away from anything serious. Yeah, and as a you know, I think also, I think things aren't as good as like culturally. We're still in like a very much of a kind of a boomer Xer millennial space. And as like millennials, not to say they're like have it great, but you know, Zoom, we have like no as a, as a generation, we have no like cultural influence over how like, the perception is in. And the tone of the country, really? At this yeah, point? Our, I mean, and like it kind of sucks, but our our stuff is sort of seen like it's just like a joke or like, oh look what these yeah. kids are up to, they're crazy. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I think also like the people who set the tone culturally do have it very well in the world in the, in the country, right? Like, there's not a lot of you know, like the majority of boomers like have it good right now, right? The majority of Xers they have oh, it. Oh, they have it good. so good, I, dude. Listen, you know, coming from a blue collar worker that has to work with them day in and day out, they have it so good. Yeah. Now, oh, I'm and, not, uh, I don't covet, you know, I'm not a very envious person, but I do get a little annoyed of these, uh, I absolutely despise cookie cutter type uh, community places and such where these boomers reside, especially around where I live. It's, it's I just see it as gross. Yes, I'm, I know you it's want like, a big Soviet tenement, right? You want the big... Yes, I'd rather big have nice tenement, right? I'd rather I'd rather have the big blocky buildings where everybody lives yeah. in. Although uh, I will counter no, I will counter no br- brutalism. Brutalism is like a war on your soul. Brutalism oh, of is course. bad. Which is funny that capitalists adopted that. That's like the one part of socialism <laughs> or of the yeah. USSR. They said, Oh well we're all we like this. You know. Oh you know, this this way of like suppressing suppressing the soul of, of a people. Yeah, we'll do this. I want yeah. a uh neo gothic tenement building. With the pool. Yeah, yeah. It's really <laughs> a shame. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I don't exactly, uh, particularly like the uh, the brutalism aspect of it. There's, there's something to it that's kind of appealing, but ultimately, like, you know, obviously one of the biggest problems for me at the USSR is just, like, well, really the only big problem is that there was no real like look into the you know art and soul of uh of the people. Yeah, I mean, I mean, we can do social talk about social realism and stuff like that. Like, there is something there. There's a there there, right? And it's kind of propaganda, but like, it's also kind of not right. Like, uh, well, I it think... was only it was only really um, basically left into the, or re- not left, or everything was pumped into the propaganda itself. And, yeah, like I think if know, social realism was went further than art, like or further than like posters, like if social realism was inspiring, like building techniques and there was some of that but not too much uh i looked i remember i I saw i have i saw an old uh catalog like for for like appliances and household goods that was kind of had some social realism going on and there was some kind of like social inspired goods it looked like but it did seem like that 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 could have gone further that could have been better but you know we're not here to you know you know relitigate every you know past you know soviet republic uh, our job is to, you know, create a new... Oh, but you know what I will say? They're monuments. Beautiful. Very beautiful. Uh, ch- I, okay, as I, you know, I'm going to be a little reactionary here. I, do, you, do you credit, uh, do you credit, like, the, the the party for that? Or the artists? Or I think you credit, like, the Russian tradition of the kind of, like, the czarists. Like, um, mean, it definitely or the aristocratic had its monument tradition. It definitely had its, you know, those sorts of monuments in general definitely have its starts with, like, very uh, uh, monarchistic, like, uh, old old czarist and... and, uh, Like, Francophile stuff, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's very, very, um, you know, looking to the Franks for uh, for influence. But, you know, ultimately, that's just kind of like a style, and really the... It still expresses the soul very well. It's it's oh, yeah. basically I mean, a, it's basically it yeah. it's basically a style for the artist to really kind of show his work until he finds a different style, and yeah. what he was also, able to input form, into right? that was pretty great in itself. Yeah, well, that's also the form, right? You think like traditional? There's not a like there's just kind of a. I, I we live in a postmodern world. There's just this kind of urge in modern and postmodern art to pursue like new forms, right? Oh, but I yeah, think, obviously. It's, 
it's all like the postmodern uh, art is all about trying to have a vague message within the art, not actually caring about the beauty or the expression itself, but rather coming up with some weird, almost nuanced, like vague uh, uh, message behind the art itself, which literally most of the time has to be explained through some print that they have like right yeah. next to the thing or, yeah. to tell to basically or give you and tell you front. Yeah, yeah, that too. <laughs> I could, uh, I could believe that. Yeah, because no, I mean, it's, that, it's that, so that, shallow. It's so, was, right? it's so shallow though that it, it literally could be just a CIA front. I could believe that. They're they're washing money, but uh, also, but the thing like with traditional forms is like you, as much as you feel limited, or because you are right, doing a a really good work inside a limited form, like a really good haiku or like a traditional verse. Like uh, Robert, like read Robert Frost. I I view like a good statue, like a good war memorial, in the same way. Uh, you know that oh, it's 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 a general on a horse, right? Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you know, yeah. But it looks good. Like it looks, it's a good, excellent example of that stuff. Yeah, the detail could be nice. The position of the of the horse and the the sort of proportions as well, because you know yeah. you have to you have to remember it's not like they're literally taking a guy and a horse and casting him in metal. You know they have to kind of imagine all this stuff and, and put it together i don't exactly know how they create like metal ones uh to be frank I, I i don't know if they actually like build a mold for it first and then cast it in metal but um i mean that I know a lot of them are hollow i know a lot of them are hollow so it's like, they, it's like it is kind of cast and then they, then they mill a little bit you know yeah yeah uh you know how still I know very, hollow, very interesting actually. stuff it's either funny. way i mean it, yeah, it was yeah. kind of Earth one of those really immediately from foreign policy. Oh yeah, yeah, I know. It's like the totally related topics here. <laughs> um, what do you call? It? Well, I mean, it's like it's one of those things that unfortunately, uh, it, it's kind of a dying. It's not not a dying breed. It's just a very stagnant and decayed sort of thing at the moment right now. And it's, you know, I always say because of capitalism, really because of like late stage capitalism that kind of like. In inherently destroys it through uh through industrial means i mean you know yeah. like how many oh. people like look at you you want to go to a popular topic real quick like you know star wars right yeah no uh there's definitely like uh you can see the influence of like money in star wars although i think i think there's a little more to it than like just capitalism i think i mean you could argue it's an inherent to the to capitalism but the uh the the way that art uh functions in the west or kind of developed world is it's it's i mean it, it literally is a cabal of like weirdo of like art weirdos and it's like the highest tier of art weirdo you know like it's literally people in new york london and paris in a smoky room like arguing over what's what's good and valuable uh and like you know the idea like uh that liberalism kind of or liberal capitalism presents is that oh it's like this democratized art uh or you know it's it's what the people want because the market will decide and there's really not the market the market's not deciding anything with art uh there's no way to uh you know crowdfund like a high, a high art piece it's just not happening right i think it's um, not the i mean you guys video games maybe like i can argue maybe video games are like a you can crowdfund that but even that it's like no is that um, what i want as a benchmark of no okay so art? so the obvious problem right now is um like there, there is crowdfunding issues though. It's honestly getting a lot better than it was like let's say fifteen years ago, 
but the like the biggest issue i'd say rather is that like it's not even like the the you know high art like you know high art uh people or whatever uh i can't remember what you're calling them now but you know these sort of like very cabal they're the the art cabal yeah the art cabal cabal. um like i don't think it's really these people uh getting in the way because i i'm a you know very big connoisseur very like esoteric almost like you know very like barely any views like nobody ever really knows them um or maybe it's popular, but like, uh, essentially, it was essentially a fan project from the start, and <laughs> it takes like two years just to get one episode out. Um, or if it is like um, an earnest person, so you're talking about anime, uh, or, uh, or or like more like you're talking about... more like a newer. So you're talking about an- um, anime, right? No, not even anime. Um, oh, I'm talking about anime. Oops. So no, but but anime, yes. Like, I mean, you have stuff like. Uh, <laughs> Doki Doki Literature Club. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, the high art. You know, we 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 found the high art. I I have played it. I'll admit it. But you played that, it, I, you know. But you know what I mean, dude. I was but literally. Say... I had, I had a debate club friend who, um, from my from my school. Basically, he was like he was in debate club, but like I knew. Wait, him wait, as, wait. Like, did you have three cl- friends in debate club? One with pink hair, one with brown hair, one with uh purple hair. You had three friends <laughs> no, in debate club. No. No, and one of them didn't stab themselves either. Deep no, I had, for nobody. I, That's what you get here on real pro layer hours. Yeah, yeah, real great <laughs> guy. I knew what I knew where you were going with that, but no, that's not what I'm talking about. That would be the that would be the writing club. Anyway, no, um, this guy was he was like de- I knew him as a debate club guy because like he was suit like he wouldn't shut up about it. Um, and he literally just, like, he was one day, like, on, on Steam or whatnot. He, like, sends me a message, like, dude, bro, you, you gotta get this game. You gotta get this game. And, like, this is a very serious guy. Like, I didn't really think of him to be, like, into anime at all. So he sends me, like, the the the, the thing for it. He's like, bro, dude, it's, like, like really creepy, man. Like, you gotta play. Like, I'm not gonna tell you any spoilers, though. And then he just, like, he ends up telling me, like, I end up playing it. I'm like, dude, this is, like, this is a rom-com, like, vi- like visual novel like Japanese like dating simulator like what like is is this it's like is there a part of my friend I didn't know about you know and then you know obviously well if you played the the thing you would kind of know but uh yeah it was very it was very funny um Monica best girl okay you know glad what now I, I did you, you all right out. so I'm I as unfortunately I'm still getting uh I'm still you know not that I, you know, I'm still interested in the in the goings on overseas. I have a, a vested interest in what's going on overseas. I guess. Yeah, yeah. So don't worry, dude. Wait. It's it's probably more interesting than whatever the hell I was talking about. So two things happened that are notable. Uh, interestingly, Saudi Twitter is real excited for some reason. You know, Saudi Uh-oh. Twitter finds this a very very Chad uh, there. There's, oh, uh, from like America. Something. Well, yeah, dude, yeah, the, they the were Saudis basically are all buddy pumped. They were basically buddy buddy throughout the years, right? I don't remember any yeah. like problems with the Saudis oh, no, no. that America had. Yeah, but I think it's very interesting. There seems very psyched. Uh, some prince is like posting gifts in response to Trump, like of like audiences clapping and uh, flexing muscle emoji. Uh, uh, yeah, dude, this is uh, sad. He pinned it. Trump, Trump, fucking pinned this. The flag. He he. Yeah, the he pinned the terrible like <laughs> messed up flag. 
the 200 ki- uh, kilobyte uh, JPEG flag. Yeah. Uh, so more more like, you know, because I'm such a rabid anti-Semite, lol, whatever. <laughs> uh, the X, people are pulling up deep cuts uh, on Twitter. Ex-Massad chief uh, Meyer Dagan told CBS News in June of this year, or last year, I guess. Now, uh, in his dream scenario, uh, the U.S. fights Iran alone because Israel doesn't, doesn't have the uh, capability to do it themselves. So they, the phrase is, uh, Israel sits back don't and we lets give, America Don't we fight. give, don't we, yeah, but hold on, but don't we, like, give our military, like, stuff to Israel? Yeah, they can, yeah, no, they get our stuff, but they they don't want to spend you know their lives. Oh, uh, get when we have our lives and. Oh um, yeah, no, obviously. Um, you know, how do you like? I don't want to get too conspiratorial, but like, all right, what if we got the most like motivated, uh, violently inclined, if you will, but 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 also like, you know, controlled and honestly political people, in the U.S. Uh, what will you what do you how do you do with deal with that population? Right, there's a couple, there's a one or two percent of people that are uh, you know. They're fighters. They they see things wrong with the world, and they want to go fix it. Well, you get them off and doing for the Middle East. Like you, they join the military and they and they go fight. It's kind of uh, working class revolutionaries. Yeah, even you like know there's what? even the left. Go ahead. You know, I always forget that there are, there actually isn't really that many people that join the military. Like what? Yeah. It's like what one percent of the population? You said one or two, but especially especially the people who join combat arms. Like in a you know in a in a society that, like, say you were afraid of a revolutionary element, the people, the kind of personnel that joins a combat arms unit because he sees, like, you know, he's obviously not, not uh, woke to these kind of, he's not, you know, revolutionary, you know, inclined to stuff yet, but he sees, oh, they're doing bad things over there, I'm going to go fix it, is the kind of person who joins a combat unit or the kind of person who wants to see adventure, you know, who wants to see change. Oh, yeah, well, they so have a lot of courage. These wars get rid of that population of people or they just scar them or damage them or, you know, you make them old veterans who don't want to fight anymore. They don't want to fight for any more, you know, truth and justice in the American way. Uh, which is, yeah. you know... Yeah, and they uh, they end up dying, and then, uh, you know... Well, they die even die, where they just get sick of war, they get wounded, they get PTSD. Yep. Uh, it's yeah, it's a, it's a sad rough. affair. Oh, my God. Senator Ted Cruz. It is long overdue justice for our Israeli allies who have suffered decades of terrorism at the hands of Hezbollah, commanded by the Quds Force. So yeah, I, I'm actually not too I'm actually not too uh, woke on Hezbollah. Can you can you give me some takes? Because I'm not like I, I always hear about them every now and then, but I I usually seclude myself from Middle Eastern affairs. So most of the time, uh, I Hezbollah just... are the good. So outside of Iraq, outside of Israel, like outside of Palestine, Hezbollah is the uh, the part or the, the part their political party, the Party of God. And they are uh, kind of the anti-Zionist political party in the Arab world, mostly in Lebanon. But they are in Jordan. They're also in uh, everywhere. I mean, they're everywhere, but primarily in Lebanon. But they have people in Jordan and people people now in Iraq. And they are backed by the Iranians. The Iranians have a deal with them, which is why the Iranians... Are, like, that's why you, you can see the hostile to Iran is so so bizarre. Is that one of the, like, the long-standing deals with between Iran and Hezbollah is that Hezbollah gets backing from Iran... But they don't attack the U.S. ever. Like there is no U.S. interest in attacking Hezbollah because, and they're it's a, it's a political challenge. And they don't they don't love us, but it's a it's purely a political and a very smart political move that they don't want to ever attack us. Um, they are the anti-Israel party, and they also, as a result of being a political party in the Middle East, like all political parties in the Middle East, 
they start their own militia groups and, you know, paramilitary organizations, which were the uh, kind of the, they were what's, those organizations are very, they're very strong, they're very motivated, uh, despite being, you know, not super well, well equipped compared to, say, like the Iraqi army. But they notably, uh, they're the ones who stopped ISIS in Iraq, uh, gaining them a good bit of credibility that they oh, still wow. have. And yeah. now we've, so they have, they're like, it's, uh, they were kind of the unlikely hero of the invasion of Iraq by ISIS. They, they kind of stopped them cold when the Iraqi army couldn't. And uh, so they're very popular down there, uh, even though they're, they, and they are a Shiite, uh, Shia uh, group. But yes, that's what Hezbollah does. Hezbollah is, you know, they're pretty good optics uh, as terror groups go, right? They're, they're called terror group in the United States broadly because they, they have uh, problems with Israel. I mean, it's, isn't it, I mean, I'd imagine because like also they're not really connected to any uh, government or like, uh, recognized government, rather by the U.S. Probably also because of Israel. Yeah, also they they they, they do operate mostly in Lebanon. I imagine, I imagine, I imagine, I imagine Israel generally doesn't like them for every reason no. under the sun. No, no. Uh, notably, the uh, most recent uh, when Israel invaded Lebanon, they were defeated by Hezbollah. So uh, they're they have a they go they they, they Ooh, go back. Yeah, they yeah, probably they, yeah they probably have a huge like revenge thing about that oh yeah definitely uh, that's why uh ted cruz posted you know this is justice for uh israel <laughs> oh god ted cruz yes there are four people was... yeah, the only people that celebrate are i it's like this is also like i don't want to like harp on isis because they were like kind of a u.s op anyway but like isis this is like like the one like this is like a pro isis move we've made like no one wants what we did the iraqi government doesn't want this the iranians don't want this no, well, yeah, like, obviously Iranians don't want this. Is their it's their freaking general? Yeah, one of their best, right? Yeah. Ooh, oh, bad, bad optics. People, people are posting. Uh, some, some, some Twitter bots are posting. Uh, a picture of Richard Spencer holding a sign saying "No more neocon wars." Uh, he's not. It doesn't get my endorsement though. Wait, this, is it one gonna... of those? Is it one of those like memes that I've seen every now and then where his. His head is like enlarged. <laughs> no, that's Charlie. That's Charlie Kirk. I thought. No, no, Charlie Kirk is where they they make his face smaller. Oh, they make the face small. Okay, yeah. yeah I'm yeah, not yeah, up yeah. to date they on make the Spencer it, they, memes. They literally, act, they literally shrink it. Yeah, I, I, I haven't I, actually seen Spencer memes since the punch, but this is this is like an image. I think he's holding a sign that says "No more neocon wars." That's funny. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I'd agree with him on that. I guess. Yeah. Oh, this stuff uh, is like this stuff is like getting like so, so bothersome. It's like it's like meta it's metapolitical, right? Like if you're not in the dialectic of like the neoliberal establishment left and the establishment right, you're gonna end up like with similar critiques because like they're they're both so obviously wrong on these things. Yeah, like I don't I don't really understand how anyone just kind of goes with this. Yeah, like I'm not like oh I'm not like oh you're Richard Spencer side with this you're you're a bad guy. It's like no no like. Anybody with any kind of critique of the system is here. Like you know, it's not just him. Like there's, a, there's, there's. I mean, a majority of like people are with Richard Spencer on this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the one thing, yeah. moral paragon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm a big fan of. Oh, you're, I'm a big Spencer fan. Not a big fan of his domestic policy. His foreign policy, though. Yeah, top yeah, notch. Basically, you know. basically. Me, like, well, just the same thing I said to Tulsi Gabbard. You know, Tulsi Gabbard. Not you know. Not that I dislike her domestic policy any more than anybody else, but her foreign uh, policy is really top notch. 
I uh, I don't really know who that is, but uh, I'll just you know Tulsi people. Gabbard. Dude, I Tulsi Gabbard, the uh, listen, I, I, I listen. I remember faces, not names. All right, guy. I'll put, oh, uh, she is the most attractive uh, Democrat uh, presidential candidate. She's the hot. Oh, one. oh, Running correct, president. correct. That's where uh, I've coconut heard her milk, name. Coconut milk mommy, as she's been called. called <laughs> by... Wait, is she Hawaiian? As a very. Uh, she's no, she's like she's a. Uh, uh, seventy-five percent white, and uh, one percent dot Indian. But uh, oh, she's pretty cute though. Yeah, she has the silver streak in her hair. She uh, knows she knows. She's got a good silver streak. Uh, you I'll know that's right that's now. the thing. That's the thing is a lot of like politician women are not very cute. They usually look very. Uh... Not, not that they not that they have to be. Not that they have to be. But yeah, I mean. Yeah, I mean it. It helps for me. I get more interested. Also, I mean, also, I mean, looks. Well, help, you know. really, just I, interested at in looking at them. That's about it, though. No, I mean, ah, there's some good photos. Yeah, I don't know. I've. What's funny with, uh, is like you, you know, Nick. You ever heard of Nikki Haley? Uh, she sounds familiar. Republican, she was a Republican, the former ambassador to the UN, huge neocon. She was the governor of South Carolina, I think. She's also an uh, Indian woman who's been like so i guess she's not as hot as tulsi obviously but like you know passively attractive why she what she looks like literally what the heck this like do they have okay i don't know maybe i'm just like getting i'm like going blind or something they look like they have same face or same haircut yeah I think they look like they look like they look like very they look like very similar woman but nikki healy looks a lot older but it's funny is that she is the total inverse of Tulsi. She's a huge neocon, huge shill. Oh, uh, great. You know, bought, bought and paid for establishment. Uh, Jared Kushner wanted her wanted her to become vice president for, under Trump for the re-election, which is interesting. <laughs> that that kind of that kind of shows you where Excuse she stands me. on things. Oh. But, but the, I sent you the picture of uh, Tulsi with the silver streak, because uh, as uh, you know, revolutionary Zoomers, we all watch anime, and Tulsi with the silver streak. Strong uh, anime vibe, <laughs> you know. Yeah, I mean, I, okay. I, I'll, I'll be honest here. I do have a somewhat of an attraction for older women, in general. So maybe that's why I do find them cute. Not, not gonna lie. They have the that's very mommy GF. They have the very mommy GF vibes. <laughs> I don't want to derail this, but there's so there's some good. Tulsi's in shape. There's some, there's some good photos of her. You can find them at a number of places. Tulsi Gabbard wetsuit, very good uh, Google search. Yeah, why? There's very like good. there's like a lot of photos of her and like some silver streaks in her hair. Yeah. Did she good. like actually? Did she just like I, I don't know? She probably she probably put highlights or something. I don't know. It looks good. It's a good look. But uh, enough about you know. I can thirst post for Tulsi Gabbard all day, uh, but it's purely. I come to her came to her for the policy first. I stayed for the attraction. You know. I came for yeah. The, uh, oh no! Of course, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not a, you know, I'm, which is, yeah, I'm joking, but I'm not, you know, I'm not. <laughs> well, listen, like, I'll, I'll ask. Tulsi Gabbard has, has the good foreign policy critique. Oh, she does. Okay, that's that's interesting. Well, yeah, I was also going to ask if she's like charismatic too, because like, I dude, I'll she, be I mean, honest, like Warren. That's kind of matter of opinion. Warren right? is so lame. Well, like, you know what's funny is she's she has the voice of like a 25 year old white woman. Oh yeah. You know, it's like they're like. It's like very uh, up talky, and 
that's you know I'm never gonna I'd I'd hate Hillary Clinton more than I'll ever like dislike Warren. Not that I like Warren, she's still a liberal or whatever, but like the up talk on the Voice is like I don't know if there's a if that's like a uh, that's patriarchy that's my ingrown you know misog- uh, misogyny or whatever, but uh, holy shit, I can't deal with the up talk on when, when Warren speaks. I don't think you can. I don't think a presidential candidate. Well, it doesn't. Can win. It doesn't. It doesn't. Kamala Harris, same thing. It doesn't really help that she's like lame and not cool and like you know. Yeah. What, what do you call? I mean, this. Okay, I know there's like a lot of scares about dementia, with like all a lot of these candidates, especially like Joe Biden, but uh, yeah. what do you call? Like, didn't she have that scare too at one point? I, I don't know. Oh, Joe Biden's a fun story domestically. Uh, Speaking of Richard Spencer, did you see his uh, latest gaffe? No, no. What what is this? What are you talking about? Uh, he was setting up some speech. It was. I mean, it's a fake. It's a pull quote. But that he's like he said, uh, America is a country of a uh, European origin and culture, <laughs> not some African import. Did he Which like? Is, you know. Did, did he Joe, like accent? You know? Yeah. Right. Did he like accidentally like listen to like? Spencer speeches or something like, like in his sleep, yeah. and then like started to think that he was like he he left the ADL uh email you know running in the background before he went to sleep, <laughs> and then he believed he was Richard Spencer. <laughs> I know, but dude, uh, wait, hold on. The what, is, there, of... is there pictures of Joe Biden when he was younger? Uh, oh, let's see. Oh, gonna... <laughs> uh, well, actually, hold on. Kind of okay here. T- uh, look at this picture. It's like early 30s, I'd say. Uh, yeah. That looks like a... Oh, I mean, it's an audio show, but I could see that guy with the... You know, yeah, I mean, just look up a, a picture of Joe Biden in, in his 30s. 30s? Photos, okay. Uh, I would say pretty Chad. Maybe, uh, you know, maybe maybe he... Very, very... I like his haircut. Yeah. I, I could see him, you know, in some kind of a... Maybe a uniform, you know? Maybe a brown shirt. <laughs> you know, very... On a poster. <laughs> You know, maybe he's cha- maybe he's got some like late you know latent latent tendencies. Uh, you know, maybe he's Joe. He'll embrace the third position. You know? Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I mean, there's always like that. That is one of the funny things. Like the kind of uh, it's kind of talked about a lot. Uh, the not well, not a lot, but recently, sorry, with like the kind of uh, Labour's defeat in in the UK. Oh right, you a... wanted you wanted to talk so, to me about this, right? With uh... yeah, I. I yeah, in, in a non-emergency setting, right? You know, I didn't think we'd have a, a bombing to cope with, but this kind of... Uh, if yeah, it's, you like five, divorce... it's like 5 a.m. over here, dude. I got work tomorrow. Yeah, but if you divorce the social stuff, your trans rights, feminism, uh, immigration like immigration from working-class politics, you can do, you'll do very well, historically. Like, one of the weird like things... Like, if you just go purely kind of... economic... Yeah, or like you do the if you go even like socially conservative like pure economics, uh, the kind of Huey Long gambit, right? You know, where you say, oh, uh, you know, Huey Long, governor of Louisiana for ever, basically in the early 20th century, that if you just you know you push pure working class economics, pure I guess you go like I guess old school labor economics, right? Uh, without pushing the things along that, that kind of drag it down with the kind of the, the majority class. The majority of the working class have issue with the uh, social elements, right? Uh, like, so for instance, uh, if if we, if you were, you know, part of I think my revolutionary critique of the system is like that the liberals they they want 
gun control. They want firearms out of the hands of Thorkin class. Uh, I think that's bad. I think you can make a very... You can just either just don't address it as a candidate if you want to be. Now, I just don't want to be a candidate, right? I think the time for candidates is gone. But if you, uh, if you, if you see, like, these things working class hates, take, taking their firearms away, which I, you know, I'm opposed for a number of reasons, uh, and you pair that with, like, taxing, uh, like, a wealth tax or Medicare for all, instead of pairing, I'm going to take your guns away, I'm going to lie to you about Medicare for all, and then, like, you know, some kind of government-sponsored, uh, you know, trans surgeries, but trans surgeries are paid for by government, but not healthcare. Like, maybe you don't do that, and maybe you have a lot of success. Maybe you do, like, the kind of the Tucker Carlson bit, right? Uh, I find all this stuff, I find all this, uh, you know, social liberalism weird, but I do like this uh, kind of responsible economics for the working class. Like, yeah, that's kind of a... Uh, it's kind of, I guess, third positionist you can call it, but it's really just like, it's really just like what politicians did before like 1950. <laughs> like that was kind of like the Democratic Party or the left pre 1950. Uh, I don't know. I guess this is kind of, I'm kind of rambling here, but this also brings me to like, I was, I kind of got to these politics. I was brought up as a very kind of uh, normal, normally conservative type, normal conservative family, uh, religious family even. Uh, again, I guess I still have some priors from that that I haven't let go of, and I probably never will. Uh, but so in the fifties, conservatism, like norm, like normie conservative was dead. Like the idea, like the Democrats, like we're gonna when Kennedy was elected, it looked like you know the Democrats would, would be the president forever. Uh, you know, they ran it. Roosevelt ran it forever. Eisenhower won as an aberration because he was so popular from being a general in, you know, World War II. And then it was, you know, Democrats for a long time. Until the 60s when this kind of, like, libertarian, like, freedmanite element of, like, super pro-individual liberty came out. And then it was, a which kind of was never, was never a thing. Like, this kind of uh, freedmanite libertarianism is, like, it was never, you know, part of American political discourse until, until this kind of stuff. Until this kind of, like, kind of revivalism of it. And it was huh. tied to tied to conservatism, uh, which it's kind of like a a red herring, right? It's like this super. It's this how do you, the Republican Party get didn't have any credibility until that, because it gave gives you enough like smokescreen to basically appeal to capital, like big money, uh, and then also say, oh, it's for working class too, right? I'm for working class people to have their rights respected because I'm for individual rights, and I'm you know gonna cut all these taxes into us like pro corporate stuff in the in the spirit of that. The problem with that is that, you know, you'll get you can get endless concessions from uh, the government on met on things like, uh, you know, for like the left can get concessions on like, you know, gay rights all day or you know, special programs for X minority. The Republicans get will get you tax cuts all day long, right? But they'll never get get you those individual rights back, right? And the, and the Republicans and Democrats will never get you that Medicare for all. Like, there's these things that, that the just, parties just always do. promise and never do. Yeah, that's it's funny. This kind, of, yeah. This kind of sandwich of screwed, that you know, like I said, uh, I don't, I don't believe in running for office. I don't think it's the, you know, except for maybe I'd make a point that you don't but, believe uh, in what now, like running for office Just or ele electoral politics. Oh, electoral politics. Running for office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh, so uh, it's all very. Yeah, I was going to say that it's, it's yeah, yeah, the critique of it because honestly, I find it all very shallow and it seems to like be devoid of any real passion. Which, you know, I'm kind of all for. 
and it seems to always be lacking uh, there. Though I will say, I'm looking at these uh, Tulsi Gabbard videos uh, on her on her Twitter. Um, you know, very very cute. Obviously, that's uh, first things first. Get out, get that out of the way. But also, there's uh, there's a video she did actually about um, uh, op- opioids and its effect on a family that she was like interviewing. Yeah, that's another thing, right? Like, but so like you get uh, your anti-drug, you know, conservative, your law and order, law and order conservative will, you know, lock up infinity drug dealers, right? You know, which like as a you know depending on the drug, maybe it's okay, whatever. You know, I don't. Maybe they're pushing crocodile, right? We don't want that. Yeah. yeah. But your but but, you'll, but as soon as like. Uh, the Spicer Corporation comes out. Oh, it's individual rights. We're gonna ha- do a civil litigation. Yeah, let this know. corporation do what it wants. Just calm down. Come on. Yeah, I mean, let these that, let these, the let these uh, mindset, doctors. Right? Yeah, let's let these doctors just sell you everything, and prescribe you everything. Yeah. Oh, you're addicted. Oh, oh, that sucks. Oh man, your son died through overdose. Oh, jeez. Sorry. Yeah, I get I get very angry with that sort of stuff, but I'm glad I'm glad somebody on uh, the Democrat side is talking about it. But I know I know we don't care about electoral politics. They're the kind of dumb. Oh no, you you have to comment. There's nothing more to, you have to comment on. It, I know, right? I know. You like, have to you have to talk about it. Part of the critique is that we you know exist. Yeah, yeah, like, true. You know. Yeah. So, but um, but what well, we you were we what, prep one to burn or you want to go back to bed? Uh, no, no, we can go for a little bit more. I I wanted to know exactly what you were gonna go with um. Or how you were going to finish the point you were making earlier about how both sides seem to have like a sort of thing that they can't ever do, even though they always promise it. Yeah, well, that's kind of the, fun- the fundamentally like illegitimacy of this thing, right? Uh, where you have uh, that, like obviously, then there's something. Right? These, these issues are very popular, both on, on both sides. Like Medicare for no, no one really hates Medicare for all, right? And and things like you know expand expansion of like firearms rights is or things like that that help us out, right? Uh, as a revolutionary group, you know, that'll never like firearms rights at the at the they get the heat off of them for a little bit, but like at worst they get like minor, minor roll ups, you know, like uh, well you say the same thing with, with our thing, right? You'll get like Obamacare, which does like nothing really for us except for a couple of very fringe cases, uh, and like they'll, and the weapons people or the individual rights people get like, uh, you know, oh you you get the right to you know like. On a college campus, you can't be like expelled for doing like it's like the, the the rights that are being preserved are so weak. Like we know what happens. Like the people who are being silenced and are kept being silenced on like social media, they're being they're not being silenced on you know they're not being arrested by like colleges, right? The college speech argument is kind of ridiculous. Like from that that the right has, and that's also that doesn't matter, right? Uh, you know things like public, like things like uh, Twitter is like a public utility, right? And banning like, and that's what the that's what the like the I guess the right the people on the right are concerned about because uh, Twitter instead of being like, a private company is uh, you know it's banning I guess the kind of more extreme right. Not that I weep for them, but like this is what these people want. They want that to be banned, and it's and they're not getting you know what they want from an individual rights perspective because. The ideology of the free market has like superseded like their their real political concerns. So, you know, you, I think I, I'm just the main point that I'm kind of rambling about toward is this kind of broad dissatisfaction is very good for us in terms of just a broad 
you know, in terms of critique, as a revolutionary. Uh, well, it's like as a, as a revolutionary group, we want to be undermining the legitimacy system. Yeah, because as as more people lose faith in the in the system itself, you kind of have like more heated politics happen. Like yeah. re- honestly, real real politics, real proletariat politics uh, happen too. Or at least I yeah, assume. absolutely. Oh yeah, um, like I guess we kind of need this. Kind of, this is episode one, right? So we could we should like. <laughs> establish our lens until we're kind of rev- we're revolutionary socialists we believe in right. a revolution in our lifetimes i think it's possible very possible uh we're not as black-pilled as like kind of a, a millennial show would be i guess yeah we're, we're not as disheartened we have hope we have that uh, that younger yeah. sort of zeal yeah yeah, call, yeah that uh that yeah. um uh, most zoomers and yeah. uh gen z will have yeah and uh you know I've read enough books about the IRA, right? I, you know, like, <laughs> like you can, you can, uh, you know, there's just, you know, I guess, yeah, I don't think we're a majority as, as it's like revolutionary, uh, you know, li- revolutionary lifetimes faction, but I think, you know, I think we have a very solid arguments for what we, for what we kind of are and do. Well, the thing is we can only uh, hope that, that more people will kind of agree with us because it's like, you know, if you just keep, it, it, it seems like with everything you say, like if you just keep sticking with the democratic party, like, you're really not gonna go anywhere. Like you're not yeah. gonna get the real, not, not, yeah. the real thing that you know we all want. Yeah. yeah, and that's not a new take on the left, like at all, right? On the, on the, I guess the far left or the right, real left. But I think our spin on it is that I think, and I, I think we talked about this earlier that like what we do has gotten like what the left does has is kind of like we've gotten things out of order, right? Like. You need to kind of go back. Not, I don't want to say go back to the text, like they're you know, like their holy writ, right? But the kind of the Marxist conception of history is, you have the slave empires of Rome, you have the feudal states, then you have the capitalist states that we live in right now, then you have the socialist republics, and then you have full communism, right? And I think we're, we've the, we've kind of gotten things out of order, like, the endless, uh, you know, search for the next thing to be us very liberal about like not not that these things are even bad right but like uh you know more rights for feminism more feminism more lgbtq stuff these things aren't bad but they're the focus and that's where we're getting our wins but and also the big one another one is like like more immigration the free movement of peoples like these things are not being used like we we feel like they're being used for like revolutionary like the, the ideal is oh we're using these for revolutionary ends but we're not like it's being subverted by capital capital will subvert Anything. They're very. They can. They'll subvert. I mean, they've they've subverted like even entire religions have been subverted. Like the, the Catholic Church has arguably been fully subverted by capitalism. They have a bank, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so our, we want to restore the path of what are we are we trying to achieve? A social socialist republic. I uh, mean, like it's like they they are like times to live in, right? Yeah. Yeah. Because because capital has essentially taken control of uh, of a lot of these like sort of wins, and essentially like pretends like oh like you know pretending that you can kind of like oh no we could just use them for for what we want and then you know throw them away it's like no they're kind of just using us yeah like, you, like you're not subverting capital like they're subverting you like you know like we, you can tell who's winning here right like oh well you know there's a the head of lockheed martin is a ceo of lockheed martin's a woman it's like Oh, good. Oh, you, is, she, is she a socialist? Yeah. No? Is she, is she like oh, okay. a, well, great. a revolutionary communist? Uh, no. 
She's not. She's <laughs> oh, she's no, probably no. no no. She's the head of Lockheed Martin. Yeah, yeah she's probably <laughs> making bank and uh, you know going home and to her rich family and her her really rich nice place and probably doesn't give a damn about uh, working class people uh, at yeah. all. I think she's you know I think she's very happy where she is and you know I think she's very happy for us to you know or like the left to have you know broken down all the glass ceilings to get her there, but that's not the end goal, right? Uh, and that's where I think also like people on like the, I think there are legitimate far leftists who uh, who are legitimate like, they're like, they're communists right but they push their activism in this direction of this kind of stuff because a you can get wins and it feels good like it's tangible which is right like that's 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 not wrong but uh, but it's so they shallow. Got, they've gotten things out of order right like I'm trying to build a revolutionary consciousness among working class right. We actually had we had that in the in this in this country up until fairly re- relatively recently, in historical terms, until the 1965 Immigration Act brought in more workers. Right, like they increased the supply of workers, and then uh, NAFTA did the same thing, or not NAFTA, the amnesties for illegal immigrants did the same thing, where it increased the workers' pool that so much that you know the, the, the demand for labor uh, decreased and wages went down and bargaining power went down. Well, dude, like, it's, I think the thing is, too, is that, like, you basically, we, like, the number of the revolutionaries essentially decreased in uh, in proportion to the population of the country because you're, you're bringing in a bunch of people who came there to get capital. Yeah, not like, to, uh, not to, yeah, like, yeah, you're right. And it's like, they're you know, not coming over for the revolution, right? Yeah. 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 I mean, well, they're not, they're not, uh, you know, it's no fault to their own to uh, come over for capital because, you know, well, really just more, uh, you know, resources and, and being able to get resources but at the same time it's like you know that's not exactly great for us you know they shouldn't be coming here we should be basically like teach well kind of getting them to do a revolution in their place yeah like also you know like, our, our goal should be to build a socialist public right like i mean also like scab labor doesn't help a socialist consciousness right like you know not you know that, if that's what it is it's scab labor right it's like the average, uh, like, jobs, like, meatpacking, taxi drivers, these used to be middle-class jobs, right? Like, middle like middle class, you had a nice house, but you were a working-class guy, you you had, like, enough time to read, you know, theory and get organized and be active politically, right? Uh, kind of thing, like, the golden age of labor, right? Uh, and I think that, 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 you know, we see leftists advocating, like, for more immigration is, like... Unless they're coming over, like, where are we wearing red hats? Uh, it's like, yeah, the, you're really not a, helping. Bad scene. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're, yeah. They're, it's the opposite, right? Especially, especially in America, with with uh, with Mexico, it just has like the opposite. There's no labor like rights culture over there, right? There's no unionization. Like, it's just not happening, right? And uh, and not that I don't feel for these people because they're poor and they're you know impoverished, but like trying to explain to like standard of living does matter right i can explain to like a black pill like zoomer who who's like about to go to college and like knows there's no job for him at the on the way out like hey you should be involved in our kind of stuff i can i can talk to him about that i really a minus for, forgetting language barriers and cultural issues talking to a guy who's like living standard just went up 40 times because he moved across the any because he moved across a, a border uh that hey no we we can we need to like there's there's more for us to do here like you know He's just not going to be receptive to that. Like, hey, do you want to do a revolutionary struggle? I know you've like basically hit the jackpot, but it's like, yeah, do you want do you want to possibly risk that all? 
and uh and some you know some do i would imagine but i don't imagine the majority of them do like at all and i don't i don't and again i don't blame them but it's like you know you kind of have to see it from like our perspective because like you know there, there are goals you have to do first before you uh reach the ultimate goal there there are things in line because you know you start to suffer in other in other places whenever uh whenever you kind of deter around yeah people are trying to like cheat our way to full communism or whatever with this kind of stuff and it's just not happening like it sucks but you need to you know create a social public here before it can go anywhere else there, there's currently uh no social public uh, I know you can argue things like, oh, what an X country like Cuba or China. Like, yes, are, yeah, absolutely. But those, those, they have like socialist tendencies, right? But under the current like boot of the U.S., like if we don't do a revolution here, the world, there will never be a socialist country. Yeah, something you were mentioning to me more... before uh, was exactly that. Like, yeah, like, you know, getting a revolution here is the most important thing. Yeah, because uh, even if like, that's why I'm like very forgiving on like ideological quibbles. So like, we, we really need to just like do it here. Uh, if only to take the pressure off the rest of the world, right? Like, America is the, you know, neoliberal boot on the neck of the whole world. Uh, and that's bad. That, that, that hurts, the, that, hurt, that hurts you know, the struggle worldwide. So, yeah. you know, if we, maybe you're not the right brand of, you know, maybe you're, like, I, I'm gonna, we're going to make jokes like, oh, the anarcho-communists or whatever, or the, you know, because, or whatever, but, like, that's not... Like giving shit to the Trotskyites because a bunch of them became neocons. Like I don't like really like your 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 brand of communism is like so secondary to like are you organizing for revolution now or not? That's like the only question to me. Yeah, something you mentioned before to me too was that like you know there's so much there's like we need enough of this like just talking about like uh, the intricacies of like what brand of communism and you know like how and it's fun absolutely you know oh I oh yeah I imagine I mean. For you guys, I don't really, <laughs> I don't really read too much, so, uh, you know, for me, it's like, oh, uh, yeah, that's interesting. It's like, can I, can I get better wages and better hours, please? And uh, yes. you know, uh, or, or you know, maybe, maybe a republic, social republic. Yeah. Oh look, uh, Ben Shapiro in the timeline. Uh, Trump's airstrike is utterly righteous. <laughs> <laughs> Oh god, that's a good way to end the show. Yeah, yeah I think, I think, we'll uh, yeah, we'll... I, think I think we're uh, pretty much good here. Um, that was an interesting first episode at five a.m. in the morning. Thanks. Um, uh, be I'll be uh sure to uh, tell all my coworkers <laughs> when I wake up in like two hours about how much fun I had tonight. Um. Thank you, everybody, for listening. I hope you enjoyed this first episode of Real Proletariat Hours. Uh, thank you, and yes, I hope you'll listen the show again. Title, uh, in our excitement. <laughs> wait, wait, what? We forgot the show title in our in our excitement. We forgot to tell people the title of the show. Oh, right. No, I did mention it. Um, I was going okay, to tell good. you. Um... War is a racket. It always has been. A racket is best described, I believe, as something that is not what it seems to the majority of the people. Only a small, inside group knows what it is about. It is conducted for the benefit of the very few at the expense of the very many.
spent most of my time being a high-class muscle man for big business, for Wall Street, and for the bankers. Out of war, nations acquire additional territory. If they are victorious, they just take it. This newly acquired territory promptly is exploited by the few, the self-same few who run dollars out of blood and the war. In the World War, a mere handful garnered the profits of the conflict. At least 21,000 millionaires and billionaires were made in the United States during the World War. How many of these war millionaires shouldered a rifle? How many of them dug a trench? How many of them knew what it meant to go hungry in a rat-infested dugout? Munificent son was to leave their dear ones behind, give up their jobs, lie in swampy trenches, and kill and kill and kill. Oh.